This is Proudly Resents, ProudlyResents.com. Last week I talked to TV legend Robert Morton about the movie The Late Shift, which is about the time when he was the executive producer for David Letterman when Letterman went from NBC to CBS. This week we talked to him about the future of talk shows, who should replace Regis Philbin, who should replace Leno, surprise choice right there, and some uh, funny stories about Regis and President Clinton. So check it out. I hope you like it. You are listening to Proudly Resents. Oh, reason. I, I can't even I hear you. Well. Hi, this is Tony Wazell. Uh, proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam Biggest Men Show. All you proudly resent listeners out there, just remember, you can't touch that hospitality. I want it. Let me tell you something. I thank the Lord above that Kathy Lee Gifford is back on TV. <laughs> you can quote me on that. <laughs> to me, watching her is the greatest television ever. Anything she does, uh-huh. it's just a pleasure to watch. She just tries so hard. <laughs> and anybody that tries that hard, you, you can't be good. You know? And it's entertaining that they try so hard and they're not <laughs> so good at it. That, that it's the combination thereof. She's a very nice woman, but boy, she just mugs it up. It's a mug fest. She eats up scenery like nobody else. You think that'd be one thing she's good at, is hosting a talk show since she did it for 10 years before. Yes, but then again, she also had Regis Philbin, who's the best at it. Who do you think could replace him? Nobody. Nobody. What are they going to do, you think? What would you suggest uh, yeah, if you know. were them? And what would you do? What would I do? I'd give it to Kelly and make it the Kelly Ripper show. Why can't she do it herself? She's, she's good. What do you need a lame co-host for? Nobody's going to be as good as Regis. And nobody is going to... She's not going to be in the second seat. She's always going to now be the big star. Why even try? Is there any unknowns, do you think? But then again, what, what do I know? I worked for that. I did the Wayne Brady show for that company. And the head of the ABC station group came to me and he said, the show's going to be a failure because you have no wood on the set. I go, what do you mean? He goes, you need to have wood. <laughs> I go, you mean like wood desk, wood pad? Yeah. He goes, I, I invented Eyewitness News. Mm-hmm. And the success of Eyewitness News across the country was had every set had wood on it. So... These are the geniuses that are running those companies. <laughs> well, Ernie and Assis, in fairness, had really good wood. I think Howard Regis Stern still has the talent. I think Regis is still effective uh-huh. as, as, as a host and as, as an entertaining personality. You Bullshit. talk about Regis, though. It's funny. I, I used to be friends with Regis. And whenever Kathy Lee would do something really, really outrageous, I'll never forget. She used to have the, the ability to bring the level of a show down like nobody else, <laughs> especially at the top of the show when they did that host chat thing. Uh-huh. And I remember once hearing her talking about a friend of hers who died of cancer. And Regis is in there punching. Regis is working his hardest to, to bring the level of the show up, right? And then he says, and what did you do last night, Kathy? And she said, well, a friend of mine who used to be a singer died of breast cancer. And I went to the benefit. It was the first annual blah, 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 blah. Da, da, da. And, and she'd not dig her way out of it. And then it would be, okay, Regis, back to you. And Regis would be, well, you just dropped this in my lap, you know, kind of thing. 
And I would love, whenever that happened, I would call Regis and go, oh, man, she dropped one of your leaves yesterday. Uh-huh. And he'd go, can you believe that? I can't believe you saw that. I'm so happy you saw that. I'm so happy you got that. Poor guy's tortured. Oh, I used to love ragging on Regis for that. Want to talk about stand-up? Yeah, let's talk about stand-up. Sure. Who did you break on the show? Um, every you comic take... of the 80s. Uh-huh. You know, anybody that came out in the 80s, you know, from Bill Hicks to... Richard Lewis to this one and that, you know, everybody. What is your take on the whole Bill Hicks? Bill Hicks did your show all the time. You moved to CBS more conservative. And then what happened? He did a set that that some people thought was a little too edgy. Letterman, who admitted it to his mother. You you saw that, right? Uh-huh. Years later, Letterman had Bill Hicks' mom on yep. to apologize for cutting the set and then showed the set. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious because it wasn't that... Well, that's it. You know, I, I don't think he knew at the time how far he could push 11.30. And it was, it was at a time when people were saying, you know, we had just gone on the air, and people were saying, you know, look, maybe his act is 2.12.30, maybe the show is 2.12.30, and is he ready for 11.30? T-O-O, 12.30. And I think we were all kind of gun-shy to push the envelope too far, and that's what happened. He did the whole thing about Jesus Christ and wearing how, how Catholic people, I, I forget what it was, how Catholic people wear, wear crosses and had he died in an electric chair, would they be wearing little electric chairs around their neck? But I heard the big complaint was that Billy, he says, kill Billy Ray Cyrus. No, that wasn't no, it. No. I thought that was this weird thing, cause the, the legend of Bill Hicks, and I, I've seen him live and I had all his CDs or whatever, yeah. is that he's so edgy. But then I watched this edgy set and he's making fun of Billy Ray Cyrus, like, I was just, so who cares? Yeah, you know? well, for 1980, 1990s, that was edgy, I guess. Who knows? But, you know, we, I booked him on the Letterman show the first time, first time he did any television, because Leno had called me and said, I just saw this guy, Bill Hicks, you got to put on the show. It was, it was Leno who, who turned us on to him. What about now, right in late night, there's Chelsea Handler, Jenny McCarthy's getting a show, Whitney Cummings is getting a show, Kathy Griffin has a show. Do you think... Women. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a, hey, there's a big audience. When we went to CBS with Letterman, that was always the key. They, Howard Stringer, who at the time was the head of CBS, would always say to us, if you get the women, you're going to win. Uh-huh. Just get the women. What did you do to get the women? Showed my cock. <laughs> Blockbuster. <laughs> women were running through the television set going I know that cog that son of a just snuck go, out of buddy. my house there one you night go. <laughs> I don't know I mean it, it's about booking it's about not being exclusionary it was it's it's there are ways to do it but then, then again it's all, all it's all about prime time at CBS at the time when we premiered at CBS was a very female oriented network you know, mm-hmm. they had Murphy Brown they had you know whatever Cagney and Lacey yeah, they had shows about women and for women. Why do you think it took so long to? Ha- do you think it just took Chelsea lately wor- to work before they let other women? Yeah, look, it's 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 all about the the available talent. Also, you know, I mean, you find a Chelsea Handler, you go, wow, this is someone. Look, you could develop all you want, but you could still only name on one hand the amount of late night shows that have worked. You know, you can give anybody a job. I think Chelsea is great at what she does. You know, I think she's she's as good as it gets, and she'll survive. And it's about getting the right personality, male or female. I don't think it's it's about sex. So you think the best people are like Chelsea Handler, Rick Dees, 
Johnny B on the loose, mm-hmm. Stephanie Miller, Chevy Chase, Chevy Chase. Don't forget him. Now you said they they came to you to do Chevy Chase. They did. They Were you did. at Letterman at the time? I was at Letterman at the time, and why did they think Lucy you would go Sahaney, over there? Lucy Sahani, who was the head of Fox at the time, who was really a nice woman, tough. Mm-hmm. You know, used to call me every day. Every day would call me. Come to Chevy Chase, please come to Chevy. Come to Chevy's show. <laughs> why? Chevy used to call me. I mean, what 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 was the reasoning for you to go over there? Uh, money. Oh, yeah. Big money, bigger money. It's the only reason. Do you think you could have saved that show or anyone else? No. I mean, no. It was just doomed. He wasn't the right guy for the job. No. What? Not everybody's right for a nightly show. What is it? Forget take? about comedy. Forget about your chops. It's forget about everything related to the performance. It's just about being the kind of person you want to see night in and night out. Oh, so it's not even the work ethic. You mean no. that people didn't want to see Chevy Chase every no, night? He wasn't the kind of guy you wanted to see every day, let alone once a week. <laughs> what do you think they could have... So it's just the choice of him they should have got... They should not have taken yeah, He was not a broadcaster, a sketch comic. I mean, look, there's a reason why they go to stand-up comedy. There's a reason why they go to radio hosts. Letterman was a great broadcaster. That's, you know, not a great comic. Great comic sensibility. Great writer, but I'd say first and foremost, Letterman is a great broadcaster and understands the medium. You know, that's the difference between Letterman and Leno. Leno's not a broadcaster. Been on the air 20 years, however many years, 25 uh-huh. years, still not a broadcaster. You Why know, don't you think he's Jimmy Kimmel's it up? a broadcaster. Uh-huh. Jimmy Kimmel knows how to communicate in, in, over the airwaves, and few people do. Right. John Stewart's become a great broadcaster. So John he... Stewart knows how to work a camera better than anybody. John Stewart knows how to raise his voice. John Stewart knows how to give a glance into into the lens. No. Why do you think Leno hasn't learned that? Because uh, I think deep down in his heart, he still considers himself a stand-up. And is the first to admit it. I'm just a weird kid stand-up. That's all I am. I'm just a, a guy out there. He's still at the open mic nights. Yeah. Yeah. He's Taking still, numbers. you know, I mean, I think first and foremost, he doesn't look at himself as a broadcaster. I think Letterman went into stand-up comedy because it was convenient and it was the way to get a sitcom or to get a series. I don't think at heart he's a stand-up comic. He was broad- He was a weatherman. He was a newscast. You know, I mean, he was a student of broadcasting and a great, you know, radio. He was a great broadcaster. Well, right then. One time it was a car you know, Howard Stern is great because he, he has the ability to, in an, in an extremely entertaining way, fill four hours of time That's every amazing. day. Why do you think he never worked on TV as a talk show? I just think he's never wanted to do it. Uh Why? Makes more money than any of them. Like this. Probably works in his underwear, for God's sakes. Very expensive underwear. Yeah. It's, it's, why work that much harder when you don't have to? Yeah. And Arsenio Hall. Why worry about how fat you are? Why worry about, you know, what a bad haircut you have? So you don't like my haircut? Adam, you're a very handsome man. I don't know if I've told you that. I've been waiting an hour to hear that. Um, <laughs> but what do you think at the time? Like, there's a stranglehold. It was Carson, and then you guys were on after, but no one could beat Carson. You know, Rick Dees, and they tried all these people, even Dick Cavett again. But why do you think Arsenio Hall broke through? Uh, brought in a new audience. I, I think it was a black audience, and I think it was a young audience. I think it was a, a combination of the two. And was speaking, you know, differently. Uh-huh. You know, he was talking more to a, a, a youthful audience, and nobody else was serving that audience that that early in the evening. Letterman was serving it, I think, at twelve thirty. Right. 
but nobody else was doing it at 10 or 11 or 11.30. Mm -hmm. You know, and he struck a chord. In the movie, they were offering Letterman syndication, and he wouldn't do it. Letterman always came from, once again, as a broadcast student of broadcasting, always looked at networks as being a network. 200 stations under one network. You know, he used to look at, he used to laugh at the Fox network. That's not a real network. He says a quarter network at best. Yeah. Yeah. Three qu- yeah. You know, it's in the movie. stations. That's not a real network. To him, he was very much of the three network mindset. And now it's not, I mean, it doesn't exist. It doesn't, I have no idea how he feels about it, but, but you know, no, there are better networks than the three. What about Joan Rivers at the time doing uh, her late night show? Was uh, that a threat to you? Did you feel? The hype was always a threat. The actuality was never a threat. Hype-wise, it was, you, you get scared off, you go, oh man, this is going to be good. You know, and then after the first night, you go, no problems. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> We're good to go. What was that like watching that? Like, uh, always entertaining because it was so bad. But we used to do that all the time. They were all, there was a string of bad talk shows that, you know, we used to, once again, Paul Schaefer loved bad TV the way that I did. And you'd watch, I remember Jerry Lewis did a talk show while we were at Letterman. Wow. And it was great. Was it ABC? It, well, yeah, I think it was. But it was great to watch. Uh-huh. Jerry Lewis doing a talk show. What could be more enjoyable than that? He was just losing his mind? He was losing his mind. He'd go on parade. It was just great. It was great. Rick Dees, great. Oh, Alan was... Thick, great. And, you know, obviously they, they, they were all hyped up. There were ads all over and billboards and thousands of promos on the air. And then it's that first night you see and you go, it's great. Done. And the billboards this, are up for six become, months later. This has become pleasure to watch. That's how I feel about bad movies. Yeah. The way you watch yeah. these terrible talk shows. Yeah. 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 Terrible any kind of show. I like bad TV. When you, when you and I worked together at, at Lopez, and you were my favorite PA. Um, <laughs> sorry. Thank you. <laughs> uh, there was no, we, the entire script went to everyone in Atlanta. Everyone from TBS had got to read the script yeah, the night before. Why the, that's why these shows get, get you know, get mm-hmm. strangled. They're not... They, they don't allow them to, to be rebellious. You can't be rebellious anymore. Fallon's not. No. Conan's not. You know, how can you be rebellious when you're earning $25 million a year? Right, people don't, immediately don't assume that's you. That's well, you, you, you look hypocritical also. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're really biting the hand that feeds you, you know. And they're feeding you well. It's, and they're feeding you damn well. Wasn't it the weird thing with Conan where he was always like, I'm the underdog when he got fired? And that was at the same time I was out of work, and I was like, yeah, I'm the underdog, yet no one gave me $45 million. Yeah, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> but you had said about who's going to replace Leno, you told me you had an interesting take on that. Is that you still have that take? I forgot what it was. Carson, uh, Ryan Seacrest. Oh, yeah, he'll, he'll, I think he'll, he's, he, I think he's the one guy that can. The only thing, the only downside to that is he's not a stand-up comic. And traditionally, that's a stand-up spot. You know, but Kimmel figured it out. He didn't. He yeah, didn't Kimmel understand. figured it out. Exactly right. Yeah. Kimmel figured it out. But Kimmel's a great comic, you know. Uh-huh. Kimmel's just got a great comic mind. But, you know, radio guys are, are good at those things because they, they know how to fill time, unlike you. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Spiegelman, proprietor of Luggage Tuesdays. Luggage Tuesdays presents things to do on a budget. Number one. Talk about high gas prices. Number two, rent VHS over DVDs. Number three, rob local restaurants. 
Tips 4 through 10, available only to premium subscribers. LuggageTuesdays.com Go to ProudlyResents.com slash Late Shift to watch the movie Late Shift for free. For free. If you like today's episode, put it on Facebook. Put it on Twitter. Tell somebody. Why not? Alright, subscribe to the show, listen to older episodes, check it out, tell me what movies you want to hear about. Alright, enjoy the show. Bye. Did you see Kimmel on the uh, correspondence there? Yeah, what'd you think? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Huh? Are you recording this? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I won't play it if you No, I mean I thought it I thought it was good. Yeah, a little run of the mill, but he had some good fun. jokes. Yeah. And yeah, and he had an opinion and I thought uh It's a tough gig. Yeah. Well, you don't think you can go right, or no? It's a, it's a, just a tough job. It's a tough crowd. It's a yeah. hard crowd. Because when he's in, why? Because I just felt like when he's insulting one person, joking about one person, he's insult, lost half the room. Like you mix one Fox News, all those people aren't gonna laugh. Yeah, yeah, See, well, yeah. The Republicans are, <laughs> are not taking it as easily as the, the, you know, the right, the left, the right isn't taking it as easy as the left. But you know, I went once with. Um, Al Franken took me as his guest when he was performing. Oh, uh-huh, just so closer. And it was just funny. It was so funny that, that I, as I'm watching it, I'm thinking the last time I was there, that guy, Al, was looking at the room and assessing the room and thinking, I want to be in this. Right. I mean, I, and you could see it on his face. He was so, wow. he was that driven and hungry. And, uh-huh. you know, now he's there as a senator, which is just hilarious to me. What do you think of him as a senator? You know, I'm not, not I, I don't know his, his performance in the Senate, that well, I mean, I like Al. Al's, Al's smart and on the right side, and on the right side being on the left side, and <laughs> and you know he's 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 dedicated. He's a hard worker. He was always a hard working. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. Al was you know hard working as a writer, as a performer. You know he was. Did he do stuff on Letterman? Or yeah, he used to do stuff on Letterman all the time. We used to have him on a lot, so. and always delivered. Always came. You know, always thought of something to do and executed it well and wrote it and. You know, never really off the cuff. It was everything was very well planned with Al. Yeah, it seemed like. And that. I'm sure he's that way in the Senate. You know, I mean, I'm sure he's he's pretty well prepared. He's a bright guy. But uh, he took me as his guest, and it was it's one of the great events. What is it like being there? The correspondence oh, dinner. Oh, it's the best. I mean, the performer, and I'm sure Jimmy. I don't know who he took as his guest, but they have a cocktail party beforehand that. The performer, all the it's it's for the members that the people sitting on the dais, and it's the president and the vice president and the first lady and you know all these administration people, but they're just milling about at a cocktail party. Wow! So if you want to go talk to the president, just like you're at a party, you just walk up, hey, how are you? You know, and you you start talking, and it's a fucking president of the United States. Who's in office when you're there? Uh, Eisenhower. No, I was there, uh, Clinton. Oh, wow. Eisenhower. <laughs> I can't believe you let me go with that. Clinton. No, because I had, I, had, I had gone to the White House once with Bush Sr. This time it was with Clinton. Were yeah. you like, oh, now was it with the president I voted Yeah, for? I was with a hot girl. I, 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 I took a date, and Clinton was just all over her. Clinton was just head to toe checking her out. It was unbelievable. When you bring a hot girl to such a huge event, do you, were you dating her anyway, or do you lead with... I'm going to meet the president. Do you want to come and meet the president? She was. She lived. Uh, the only reason I took her was she lived in. She was a newscaster. She lived in Washington, and it was convenient for me to take her. 
I wasn't going to fly anybody there. What do you think? You don't need to. Why bring sand to the beach? Yeah, exactly. Robert Morton. Exactly. Oh, what, do you, what do you think when Ryan Seacrest just signed his deal to be a newscaster? Like, yeah, that's, that's a stretch. <laughs> it is. That's a stretch. It's like if Dick Clark was doing, uh, I mean, he's capable. He was capable. You know, it's, it's, there's, there's no difference anymore. You know, you know is, is it any better that, you know, Anderson Cooper's a newsman? I mean, you know, it's... But it's he like, started out as a newsman. Yeah, We know, know him but, first doing war coverage. Yeah. I mean, he's handsome and he's Hey, goofy. you know something, though? It's funny. Mike Wallace, you, you look at all the obituary stuff about him. He was a, an actor. Uh-huh. You know, he was a radio voiceover guy. He was, he was hawking game show cigarettes and game shows, you know? Uh-huh. It's amazing that he had any credibility. I get, you know. So do you it's think all this- entertainment, any way you cut it. Oh, now, definitely. I mean, sure. they're making that clear. Yeah. Because the, the debates are going to have a red carpet, I think, and he's going to cover that. Oh, I'm sure. That, that, I'm joking, oh, but you're being serious. Oh, no. I'm sure he'll be doing celebrity stories at the, at the convention. Look at what, what you talk about, a, a red car, the correspondence dinner. It's all about celebrities showing up. It's all about red carpet. It's a, that's the biggest red carpet in, in town. Oh, yeah. Who did It's all they about bring? parties, and, you know, every, every organization has an after party, and it's a joke. It's you know, good. and you're right. The convention's going to be. I mean, have you ever been to a convention? Have you been down there? Yeah, it's, do I went to it when it was in New York when Clinton was nominated the first time. His first term, it was it was the greatest. It's I mean, but it's people. you know, it's a it's a celebrity rat fuck. I mean, that's uh-huh. that's what it is, and it's you know, who can get closer and who who gets the better seat, and you know, it's it's pretty funny. When Obama was running. It was like the Lakers. You know, in L.A., whenever the Lakers do well, all the celebrities want to get good seats. That's exactly they right. They want to get closer. That's what it seemed like. That's exactly right. That, that's, that's exactly what it was like. All right. Well, thank you, Robert. This is petering out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like a... It's good. This now, is, like, is this the part of the date where you get a little more wine and you get them over into your revolving door? How does this work? How did you sleep with up to five or 600 women in a short span? More. Am I going low? This is where the show becomes uh, Howard Stern. You're going about right. Yeah. No, you're, you're going high. <laughs> I'm going high. Um, it, was, it wasn't hard. Uh-huh. It was the 80s. It was a sexual revolution, man. Times were different. What are you talking about? It was a uh, time of condoms and AIDS and fear. You no. used that to your advantage? It all started before that. It all started. It was before that. Did you have, is it true you had a bomb shelter to make people feel safe <laughs> so you wouldn't have to wear a condom? <laughs> you wore a hard hat. I'm the human bomb shelter. <laughs> My God. So it was more fun than. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was always fun. And then dried up. And then I became a man. And all, but it's away. funny. No, they're, they're, you, you go back to the Letterman reference. It was all, only because... And Letterman, Letterman kind of had no real private life. You know, he would do his work. He'd be in the office all day. And he'd you know, go home and beat himself up at home. And the next day, I was always coming and saying, oh, I went to this party last night. Oh, I met this girl last night. Oh, I did this. And I would always kind of report to him uh-huh. what I did the night before. So he kind of got this impression that I was always out. You were, though. No, I used to go out a lot, but, you know. Yeah, because you had the I, opportunity. Yes. Yeah. I had the, the good sense to have a life. Did you regret telling him at some point? No, no. No? I never regretted telling him. I once told a host a story uh, when I was working with Tom Snyder. It's a great story. I was dating this girl, the same girl that worked for Letterman, and... I was living, I wasn't living with her, I was living with, with a roommate. We shared a big apartment on Riverside Drive. It was actually Robert Klein, the comedian. It was his apartment and he sublet it to me. Wow. And one night, I'll, I'll tell you exactly when it was. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a date. 
my roommate was working on the movie Arthur, the original with Dudley Moore, mm -hmm. and it was the night of the premiere. And he called me up at like midnight in the apartment we were sharing, and he said, I got the limo, Steve Gordon, who directed it, said, you know, take my limo home tonight. He was a PA. You know? And he called me up, he goes, I got the limo, let's go out. And it was like midnight or so. So I get dressed, go downstairs, take the limo, we take it down to Park Avenue. We were going downtown. And at a stoplight, like 10 hookers jump in the car. <laughs> and, you know, we're like laying back in the limo and they're rubbing us all over. You know, then the light changes. They want money. We push them out. <laughs> right? Well, they put their hands in the windows. And cut everything. to. Yeah. Cut to. Later that night, we are at Ray's Pizza on 3rd Avenue and 76th Street. And I go to pay and my wallet is gone. And these chicks, you know, they, they picked my pocket while, while they were, you know, rubbing me. Mm -hmm. Oldest trick in the book. <laughs> and the next day I told Tom Snyder this story. I was working on the Tomorrow Show. Oh, no. And I tell Tom Snyder, who used to host, you know, a late night show. I told him the story. And he, of course, goes on the air and tells it. I have a girlfriend at the time. Oh. So, and we used to watch the show. So that night I remember saying to my girlfriend, yeah, it was a terrible show. I don't want to watch it, blah, 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 blah. I got her to avoid the TV. She never found out about it because nobody watched that show. So it wasn't like, you know, her parents were calling her the next day and saying, <laughs> oh, you know, your boyfriend did this. So it must be eight, nine months later, and it's New Year's Eve. And we go out with another couple. And they said after midnight, they said, come on, come back to our apartment and we'll, we'll have a drink, blah, blah, blah. Go back to the apartment. We put the TV on oh, no. and it's a repeat of that show. Oh, no. And he tells the story right up top, and it's the first time my then-girlfriend heard it, and the relationship did not last much longer. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> did not last much longer. It's amazing. What is your reaction while this is going on? I was, you know, you laughed it off, and everybody laughed, and I go, oh, yeah, isn't that funny? And Where am I going to sleep? <laughs> exactly. And there's no diving where the TV had turned it off. What, no. Was, no. what was he like, Tom Snyder? He was great. Yeah? Great. Good guy. Good host, you think? Natural? Best. Greatest. Uh -huh. I, I, it's funny. I find when I, if, if I'm ever bored, I'll pick up, you know, my iPad, go on YouTube and watch some of his old interviews. Just last night I was watching some of his old interviews. You know, he did an interview with, with Alfred Hitchcock that's hilarious. Great. What do you think that made it? Great interview. What's different? It was just, you know, great conversation and time. You know, he used to be able to give a guest an entire show. Yeah. You know, nowhere can you see that anymore. Because now it's so regimented. Like, like, this would be the pre-interview that we're doing right now. Yeah. And then it filed down to five minutes. Did you do that for Tom? Or you, what, did you, what kind of preparation do you for an hour? It was more, re here's, here's the research. Here's the raw data. And he would be good enough to know how to put it in, in a form. He was, he was great at that. He was a great editor. You know, but he was a newsman. But the best part of that show was you could say to somebody, we'll give you an entire hour. You know, yeah. and you'd get great guests because of that. You'd get everybody. You think anyone can do that now? As celebrities can hold an hour? I think there are people that could, I think there are guests that could hold it, but I don't think people have that attention span anymore. I think the pace of television now is such that it's, it's hard to have a one-on-one -on -one guest like that. The old way, Carson used to be an hour and a half, and they would just sit and talk and smoke cigarettes. And now we got to boil everything down to six minutes. Well, that's minutes. how the Tomorrow Show started originally. Uh -huh. When Carson went from an hour and a half to an hour, 
they gave that other half hour to Tom Snyder to this new show. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's how the 12.30 time slot came to be. How did the development of the talk show from a freewheeling hour and a half hour to segments, do you blame Carson, do you blame Letterman, you know, to make a... Because people complain, I don't, because that's how I make my living, but define the five stories and boil it down and do the kind of set-up interview. I think hosts, the, the less talented hosts became, the more they relied on on having that, that script. Not everybody could do what Letterman does or what Carson did. They were great at it. They were great at it, you know? And I think it got to the point where... And even them, they wanted to know exactly where they were going with things, where the laughs were. You know, I know Letterman wanted to know answers to, to people's questions. Neat, because he was a control freak and wanted the answers. He just never wanted to step on a joke. He always wanted, and I think Carson was probably the same way, they just always wanted to be prepared so that they wouldn't jump a punchline. You know, that was always out of fairness to the guests. It wasn't about, you know, I have to know every answer and I can't have them talk about this or that. You know, it was just, right. tell me where the punchline is so I know. It seemed like Conan in the beginning would, it just seemed fake because at the end of the story, he would have this brilliant punchline. Mm -hmm. And he would try to set them up. If they, and if they didn't tell the story the right way, he would like veer them back. Well, I think in the beginning, Conan didn't know how to, how to basically create those interviews they were they were doing it hit or miss it was it and, and that was what made the show interesting also and the big complaint about letterman in the beginning was he's too mean did you did you get that when you're trying to book the show yeah yeah of course which how did it turn around uh it was what made the show different uh-huh it's what people then realized hey you know something i can handle this he's not mean mean no you know he's not like talking about things that anybody today would be talking you know it was it was tame stuff it's shocking that people do like uh, howard stern yeah i mean believe me what the meanness as mean as he is i would say every host with the exception of fallon is as mean <laughs> yeah and fallon is just you're playing pictionary <laughs> what is that they actually play pictionary on the show <laughs> they do but that always seemed like a move on a daytime talk show when they were running out of things to do. They would do theme shows. Yeah, of course. Like, you know, the, the cast of MASH and yeah, the cast of Fresh Prince. Shows. And then they would play Pictionary for a half hour. Go I like back. Fallon, though. Fallon's funny. You think... Uh, yeah, I like him. You, but you don't think he can replace Leno? Uh, yeah, I do. I, uh, but once again, you know, I mean, I think it's going to be a different audience. And I think his audience is the audience that they're going to want. Uh -huh. I think he could replace Leno. Do you think they're thinking about that when they picked him and when they groomed they think, him? I think they're always thinking about that. Because they didn't you know? with... I don't know what kind of cash cow The Tonight Show is anymore. That was what was funny about watching this. They're talking about how The Tonight Show generates $70 million in profits. It, sure, that's low. That's that's. It, it did really well up until they switched over to Conan and switched back, right? Or do you think it, it dropped off earlier? Uh, I, I would think it dropped off earlier. You think Letterman had something to do? The decline of all network television. I think once the market share kind of dissipated, I think uh, they all dropped. And after you left Letterman, what were, what were some things you wanted to do or some things you did? Uh, I never wanted to do nightly television, but then you realize, all right, well, this is what I do. Because they're coming to you with these offers. They're, they're hardly pounding my door down, but, you know, yeah, you get offers. And how much money did you lose on Breakup Girl? Did you have to sell your house after you did that? or? 
Baby Did, girl was uh, someone else's money. Money. So oh, okay. I didn't, lose, I didn't lose anything on that. I knew her at the time. I was like, Lynn. Robert Morton's putting money in makeup. What was her name? Lynn. I don't know. She's actually might be listening. So. It was the first website. First time anybody ever bought, paid a website to make into a TV show. It was a good. It was a great idea. Breakup Girl was a superhero website, and she would tell you advice how to get, who gets the restaurants, how to get your stuff back, who gets the gym, who gets the dog, and she had a great graphics and everything. But yeah, didn't have the chops. Didn't have the chops. I pitched it on a show. Was that? And they said exactly that. Like yeah. this is a great idea, but this yeah. is the wrong person. Yeah, I thought it would be a good good idea for a superhero kind of show. Just. And then you watched mending it. Mending broken houses, uh, broken hearts. Still happened. TLC, I could see it. Yeah. Hey, it was, it was, you know something? ABC liked it. Was it a sitcom or was it a reality? Sitcom. And I her? had a deal at ABC at the time and they paid. Actually, I'm sorry, it wasn't at ABC. It was, yes, originally it was developed for ABC and then we sold it to Oxygen and Oxygen owned it. Did they ever air it? No. no. They, didn't, we, they never did the show. They wanted the name. Oh, really? Oxygen loved the, the domain name, yeah. Wow. What are some other things you worked on that you thought was great? Oh, you worked on Paul Rubin's You Don't Know Jack. Which I watched a couple of weeks ago. Still funny. It's funny. Still How many funny. years were you guys in development on that show? It's not long. Oh, I thought it was like two or three years. No, 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 no. It was long. I mean, it was a year. I mean, I was under, I was on a, I had a deal at Carsey Werner and it didn't take long. You know, I mean, it was a right situation because the, the game, game company had the rights and you know they were very cautious of protecting their brand which made sense and how was paul to work with uh, paul rubens good smart in the end didn't want to promote it and and in the beginning didn't want to do be himself or or peewee which ultimately was i think a misstep what do you think he should have done peewee oh the host of the show he Why created another character, a game show host character, Troy Stevens, I think. Yeah, but it was a funny show. It was really inventive. Yeah, yeah. It was really bizarre. And you had the guys, Jim and Joel Hodgson's from... Yeah, the Hodgson's worked on it. From Mystery Science Theater. Yep, they were great. I don't know. You're going back into the <laughs> Museum of Mediocrity. <laughs> yeah, I know. We went from Letterman. Thanks, Thanks pal. Well, Carlos oh, yeah, Mencia. rubbing it in, yeah. Well, Mencia, that was actually a great run, that show. Yeah, we did four years. Hey, I got a check for it last week. I was happy. Just for being on it or producing it? Oh, for, you know. For TVs. writing it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's like you get these random checks. They still sell DVDs. They still sell downloads. They still sell, you know, they still make money on all these shows. And it's, it's, it's interesting. And it makes me realize, well, fuck, I went into the wrong business. You know, I do disposable TV. It's, you know, nightly TV and the kind of comedy shows and talk shows that, that we do. I should have gone, I should have become David Kelly or, or Chuck Lorre or, or whatever. That's, that's the real money, man. You, you get checks every night. The shows the keep coming back. For life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or even game shows. They keep bringing game shows back. Yeah, I don't know. The, the formats. Game show, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, All right. All right. Thank you very much. I got to go. Yeah, yeah. See how I ended that? Isn't you that ended it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, it was good. You wrapped it up. You gave me the light. What, what? Morty, how much time do we have left? I always wanted to say that. Apparently none. All right. I got to go. go pick up kids is what my life's become. Yeah, when I'm to the swing 60s.
they're dead. Dead and buried, <laughs> The 80s are gone. Shit I talk about on podcasts now. That's <laughs> what they've become. You're like an alcoholic who recovered <laughs> and talked about how great his times when he was on heroin. Okay, we come back and we'll talk more about how great your life used to be. <laughs> life is good. No, no, it sounds great. Your kids, how old life, are your kids now? 10 and 5. Little. So it's fun. Yeah, it's great fun. Yeah, it's yeah. great fun. We'll talk about it in five years when you're... No, they're great. Uh-huh. You know, hey, let me tell you something. When it becomes really a problem, I'll be so dead and buried. <laughs> Is that your advice? That's my advice to anybody, <laughs> anybody having children over 50. When the going gets rough, die. What is your Twitter again? Uh, at Robert Morty. So people can join you. So yeah, thank you very much. I want to hit 50 people. Yeah, me too. 50 listeners. 50 listeners. Then I could get uh, verified. How do uh, you do that? Get verified? Yeah. That you're really Robert Morton? Yeah. I guess you just send them a letter saying, I'm really Robert Morton. Like, wow. You better verify. So, Prowler Resents, thank you for listening. Subscribe to our show on iTunes and go to um, our website, prowlerresents.com. How long is this show? It's about a half hour. Yeah. We're a little over. Thank, thank you, Adam. You. I appreciate Pleasure it. Thanks. Yeah, it was great. Adam, that, we're, we're out of time for this interview. <laughs>